0: Episode of the Music Guy Podcast, the podcast about a couple of guys just making a living, grinding it out on the high seas of the music industry. My name's Al Rowe. I'm a uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist, backup, vocalist, record producer, uh, my friend and uh close confidant, uh sailor, cruise ship, musician at large, Mr. Michael Hebs is joining us on the line. How are you, my friend? so good <laughs> we uh, are excited to be back we've, we've sort of been uh, ha- having trouble uh, you know getting co- a consistent schedule going with uh, you know the two of us being on you know opposite uh, parts of the world at times yep. but uh, we're here we're excited to be back uh, I do want to shout out our patreon real quick uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast if you'd like to support the show directly uh, a, obviously it's not a a requirement but if you feel like you do want to support the show in that way we would appreciate it very much we also have merch on our website musicguypodcast.com if you'd like to support the show in that way and get some swag to uh to you know flaunt um your incredible fashion sense and taste in internet radio shows now uh if you don't want to support the show in those ways just a simple share you know post a oh. link or you know even just tell a friend about it, you know, and in in, in yeah. casual conversation just be like, "Hey, you know, have you ever like listened to any podcasts, dude?" There you and go. Then yeah, the yeah. person will be like, "What what are those? What are what are podcasts?" "Oh man, these these things were like, you know, people talk about things that like only I'm interested in, so like, but I'm going to tell all my friends about it and <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this." Um I
1: mean, it's like having friends uh, you know, but not actually <laughs> having friends. Right, yeah. Which That's has right. been my existence. <laughs> that's right yeah
0: you get the feel of like sitting sit chilling ha- you know having a beer with the uh, with a couple of people and, and chatting it's nice i love i, I listen to podcasts yeah constantly i've Me always too. got something on the go on my phone when i go walking the dog i slip my headphones on listen to you know 15 20 minutes of something it, it, it's good it's something to just sort of keep my uh yeah keep my mind um occupied i guess and you can learn a bunch of stuff and and anyways uh i don't know where where i'm going with this just tell people about the show if you find it interesting uh we always love it when uh, new new folks come on over and listen so we would appreciate it it helps more than you know michael let's get an update on your situation
1: i am still on the boat um the currently this boat that i'm on is in quarantine um just because of COVID restrictions and whatnot. Um I'm not sure really what I can talk about. But yeah, I'm in quarantine. I've been in quarantine for like the last week and we can quarantine for like another week. Uh quarantine two hits different. Uh definitely not as blissful, but I mean it's it's not terrible. I I mean I would move my camera so you could see, but I'm just actually gonna grab this. I've been doing my taxes. Um you can hear the, the rattling what would what would be the name nice. for this sound? That's the sound of receipts, but rustling. Yeah, the ruffling of, of receipts. Uh, so I've been uh, I've been doing that, and I've been practicing a bunch and exercising a bunch. I'm pretty much getting paid to exercise, play guitar, and crank down, um, which is awesome. Big fan of those things. What is crank down? Use your imagination, buddy.
0: Okay. <laughs> um so that i mean that yeah it is cool that at least you're still getting paid it's disappointing that you haven't actually gotten to play a a show yet in front of human beings um yeah but you know that at least you're being done right by and oh and you're safe at least and and you know you got another month and a bit to go i guess right or
1: two months Uh, two months and i mean the nice thing is they haven't they've taken all like the necessary precautions and they've, they've never made me do anything like, uh, or they've never done anything where I'm like, Oh, I don't know about this. You know, it's not like one of those gigs yeah. where it starts to rain and it starts to lightning and they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Just play another set. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's the total opposite of that. And they, they really have been great about that, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Have you gotten to know your bandmates all that well, or oh, yeah. has, you, has it been weird because you guys have just been separated so frequently?
1: So we we pretty much every single day, a uh, good chunk of the day, we hang out and play Settlers of Gatan, which is dope. Uh, oh, great. Great game. Big fan of that. I mean, I don't even enjoy winning in that game. I just enjoy tearing people down, uh, <laughs> taking things that they cherish. Have you gotten Longest Road yet? Oh God! I've gotten longest road, largest army, fucking uh, what else have yeah. I done? I guess those those are the ones. But yeah, those those are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: Well, that's good at least. I mean, so like, I but you guys are you like allowed to hang out with them right now? Given that that is quarantine.
1: So the way that it works uh, with quarantine, no quarantine. I'm not allowed to re- leave my room. Um, but. But when the ship was before, the precautions were you had to keep social distance. So what we would do is we'd go on deck and sort of they have chairs set up. So we would just sit in chairs that were far enough away from each other, play a game of Catan or have a beer. I've definitely been drinking too much uh, on this cruise. Mm. But, you know, this this. Uh, well, when it's free, this, you know, what are yeah, you supposed to do? It's not free. Uh, this one liter oh. bottle here. Mm. Is uh about down Dear to god. like Fucking .01 of a liter I've had that for Oh my god Like maybe two weeks So that's not good Maybe three Maybe three weeks Time time travels differently here um, That's not bad You
0: know like It's better than a couple of days <laughs> Yeah Yeah
1: This is true
0: Um, I haven't Man I haven't been drinking Very much at all That's why you um, look so good There's, there's kind of a there's kind of a secret reason for that, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that right now. Um, Alice Silver, well, I'm, I'm glad you're uh, doing. I
1: had a drinking problem. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't be making fun of people who have drinking problems. <laughs> That's probably going to get cut no. from the show because I'm editing the show. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, you are editing the show. Um... Well, I'm glad you're doing well. It's it's good to see you. It's good to good to be chatting with you. Uh, we got a bit of a compressed timeline for today, yeah, just yeah. for scheduling reasons. Uh, I have a I have a se- we weren't able to to jump on um, until today, and I I have a session later on, so uh, that I have to prepare for. So we want to get into the topic today, which is something we I don't think we've really talked about much at all, uh, or maybe we have, and and someone's going to be like, yeah, this is exactly the same as episode three, and we're going to be like, well, that was like two years ago. So. That, yeah, we sucked then. <laughs> How how are we supposed to keep track of this, you know? Uh, We want to talk about, like, we want to talk about hearing protection, and we want to talk about, uh, from there, sort of an offshoot into uh, in-ear monitors, which I think is, like, a big part of hearing protection, and then also just pretty much a staple at this point uh, in terms of, um, you know, being a a working musician, uh, really at any level of the game. So I, I, I want to start by asking you, just in general, like, how concerned are you, have you been with your hearing health, if I can, if, if that's a term I can use, the health of your ears? Do you put a lot of energy into protecting your hearing? Have you gotten checked out for, you know, uh, hearing loss, like anything like that? Or do you kind of not, doesn't look like you really care?
1: About it? I have not put as much effort in. <laughs> As I should have. Uh, I actually just got in-ears done before this contract. And so it was required. It wasn't required, but the person I got the molds done by was a hearing specialist. So it was like, oh, we should check your ears. Uh, According to him, I don't Mm. have hearing loss, which I guess, I mean, I should. Uh, I haven't been the best about it, but I like, I've been pretty good about it. Like for someone like me, I'm usually very neurotic about things uh, you know me, um, and so I
0: figured you would have been obsessing about this, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I haven't been um, and i yeah. it's definitely That's not good, not a good, not a great thing, but uh how do you have <laughs> any hearing problems out? No,
0: I've been fortunate, um, I've definitely been in some situations after gigs or after being at concerts, where it's just like, man, my ears oh. are completely cooked yeah just like a when when man when you've got the low tone ring going on like yeah. when it's like when it's not like you know ping, like that's one thing but when you got like whoo, it's yeah. like wow like i've cooked every little whatever those little hair follicles in your ears are called you probably know these things are they called cilia
1: i that sounds right
0: um yeah uh no i've been lucky i i had a hearing test Many years ago, it was probably like 10 years ago at this point, so no, I have not checked in on it recently. I mean, with not having played any shows in the last like year and a half, it's certainly, it hasn't really been something that's been on my mind until kind of recently, just because we've moved to an area that's a little bit noisier. Uh, We're kind of on a main street, a lot of like trucks and and motorcycles are going by, fireworks are going off all the time because it's summer and there's always a holiday and people, Coop hates fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's construction and there's things like that. And it just got me thinking like, this is gonna, people are probably gonna laugh at this, but like the older I've gotten, like the more, like the less, um, I care about, you know, like (laughs) looking cool or whatever. Like if something loud is happening outside or if like somebody, like if a loud truck or like a screeching streetcar is going by, like I will plug my ears and I see people they just pretending it's not there. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't bother them. Maybe as musicians, we have like a little bit of a heightened sense in that area. But man, like even like putting away the dishes—if I'm emptying the dishwasher and like putting plates in the in the cupboard or something—like the clattering of that is like is really is, is a little painful to me. I yeah. wonder if I, uh, I,
1: has that always been the case, or is that in the last like five or six years?
0: I I don't know. I mean, I'm probably like you know, yeah, maybe in the last. Five, six. Yeah. I wonder maybe. if it's
1: like you've worked out your ears for mixing and you've they're like now sensitive, you know, like they, they, they I think there's something to
0: that. Up. Yeah. I think there's something to that. Um, but you know, so, so, I mean, I, I would start by like saying that, um, you know, you do want to protect your hearing at all costs. I mean, this is what we're. <laughs> This is what we're relying on more than it, more than anything really to be involved in music. Like, you know, if you blow out your hands, that's another huge issue. But like between those two things, you know, your hearing is everything. Don't pull a Beethoven. And you always want to protect it. So yeah, well.
1: Apparently that was from lead poisoning. Um, But uh, one thing as well with hearing (laughs) is my understanding, and I'm like 99% sure on this, it doesn't come back. Like when you lose something, it's gone. You know what I mean? So
0: That's what I always heard too, yeah.
1: So it's definitely something like, it's like you have a finite resource that you don't need to spend um, if you're smart.
0: Exactly. And so, I mean, I made a habit and I've got like a few things written down here of like, how can you protect your hearing? And this is kind of all obvious stuff, but like avoiding, I wrote avoiding hazardous sounds. So like when you're out and about, right? Like I made a habit, I used to commute to Humber College uh, and the go train here, which is like the the train that takes you from the suburbs to downtown in, in the Toronto area, like when it comes to a stop at the station, the screeching sound that the, the the wheels make or the brakes or whatever is like really, really loud. So I just made a habit of like, I'm going to cover my ears when that happens, you know, or like if a truck pulls up beside my car and I'm as I'm driving, I got my windows down. I know it's got an air brake. It's going to it's going to be super loud. Yeah. You know, I, I I I roll up my windows or if I roll by a construction... I mean, this is all sort of obvious stuff, but I do feel like there's a little bit of machoism out there where, like, people don't want to... Yes. Like, they're in public, they don't want to, like, oh, I'm covering my ears, it's too loud. It's like, yo, your ears are, you know, your most important asset, uh, as we've sort of said. And especially if I'm on the way to a session or if I've got a track to mix, like, I need to be dialed in. That, you know, that, that loud noise could affect my perception... Uh, you know of sound for a little while going forward and that would be destructive to what i'm trying to do so that's kind of an obvious one one that i think people um you know make a, a mistake of a little bit more often is just keeping their listening levels low oh, especially so when you're mixing yeah
1: especially yeah, yeah, yeah. when
0: you're mixing like one of the one of the things that's been the most consistent among all the content i've watched all the subscriptions i've paid for for like mix with the masters and pure mix and like Pornhub. learning from all these engineers <laughs> 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 only fans there you uh, go Dave uh, has an OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bet you that guy is a hog man <laughs> that's the,
1: the most the, yeah, oh
0: yeah. One of the most consistent uh, things that everybody says is mix at a low, yeah, sub-conversational level, and it's more efficient, isn't it? Well, it's it's easier to hear, hear detail, yeah, it, which is one of the main. But that that coupled with your ears are going to get fatigued, and once your ears start to get fatigued, you're no longer making objective um, decisions or or proper subjective decisions. Uh, so. Yeah. So, you know, you want to keep those levels low. You can turn it up every now and again to see what it sounds like when it's loud. And that's, that's valuable too. Or if you're just trying to get the the feel going, or if you're in a, if you're in a tracking session, turn it up loud, you know, cause everybody's there. They want to feel pumped up about what they play yeah. for sure. But if you're mixing, um, you know, mix quiet. If the client wants to listen, crank it up, let them sit there on the couch at the back of the room where the Bass is heaviest, leave the room, let them listen. You listen from outside the room, you can hear, you know, another perspective on the mix
1: that's at a low level. So just be really careful with this sound levels thing as well, well is because we're talking about ear hear protection, ear protection, uh, and in ear yeah. monitors. Uh, one of the things that I've been struggling with is making sure that I'm not turning up my in ear monitors too loud. Cause I have pretty good yes. isolations, isolations. Wow. My word thinking, uh, I have pretty good isolation <laughs> with mine and I feel like I turned up louder than I need it to be. Uh, obviously you're not turning up music loud, but one thing in terms of keeping sound levels low, is like fucking having a drummer that isn't just wailing on the kit, um, you know, yeah. or is capable of not wailing on the kit you know, at something like a bar where you only can get wedges or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's Yeah. Huge. We're in a small rehearsal room. Yeah. Fucking pisses me off, man. And that
0: goes for, that goes for guitarists too. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not innocent there. Like oh, turn yeah. your amp down, yeah. face it to face it towards yourself, lean it up on something so that you can hear it well, but you're not blasting everybody else. And you know, cause the singer, um, then has to turn up their microphone and if it's all wedges then then you start getting feedback which is some of the most destructive Ugh. stuff you can have in terms of hearing so just yeah i mean keeping keeping your levels low in rehearsal and and on gigs where possible obviously is a great great idea um but you know sometimes that's not uh, oftentimes that's not enough i mean i know a lot of i know a lot of people who wear earplugs regularly to rehearsal even if it's like a chill gig and the drummer's not wailing because those in a small room even a cymbal that's being hit somewhat lightly you know over the course of a few hours is gonna gonna hurt you you know that's what really gets uh that's what really does the damage is prolonged exposure you can hear a loud thing for for two minutes and then you know you might have a little bit of ear fatigue for a bit but you'll be fine but if, you know, if you're four hours of rehearsing and it's too loud that, you know, that's where you can really do some some serious damage. So um, I know a lot of people rocking earplugs. I remember a lot of people or, you know, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I remember a lot of people getting the musicians earplugs because yeah. I think they had like a, a a presenter come to Humber College when we were all there and show us like how great they were. I got them and I didn't like them. And did you ever get did
1: you ever get those? I got them when I was really young. And I would have hated any earplug ever, but I mean, there's something to be said about I only got in-ears like two or three years ago, like proper ones, mm-hmm. and I never, I think I got ear pl- musician's earplugs when I was 16, and then I lost them a few years later because I'm an idiot, and I never re-got them. So I, mm-hmm. I, I never felt the need to, like I always ended up just getting... The equivalent version because the advantage with the musician's earplugs is you have different sort of attenuators i guess whatever you'd call them and you put them in and it's like this cuts it down by like 5 db or 10 db uh but you can get that for like 50 bucks from like like the planet waves ones you get from like long mcquade or if you're american um mm. guitar center you know so yeah, yeah it just doesn't seem they didn't seem worth it but i could be wrong yeah, the idea
0: with those was supposed to be that they would literally, like, turn the volume down evenly on the sounds that you're hearing. Because most people know if you put earplugs in, it actually changes, you know, what you're hearing uh, in terms of the the, the 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 sound quality or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, you're getting only, like, really sub-low stuff, and you're getting, um, you know, very little high-end information. So these were supposed to sort of turn. I just found them to be the worst of both worlds. Like, I, I found they didn't give me enough protection... And, like, it still didn't sound good to me. Like, I felt, if I wanted to plug my ears, I would just use proper earplugs and take them out at, you know, if I'm at a concert, like, take them out every now and again for a minute or two to enjoy the the music and then put them back in. Like, that's sort of
1: been my um, strategy with that. I feel like you all know? of them are going to be an adjustment, whatever. Like, every time that's true, the yeah. first person puts in in-ear monitors, I feel like, that's actually I don't know. My first experience with in ear monitors was actually amazing. But pretty much after that, for months and months and still I'm getting used to them. You know, like guitar doesn't hit the same through them. Um mm-hmm. and like just hearing yourself that loud and that like close mic and I'm I'm assuming for singers it's a fucking mind fuck. Um you know, so for singers it's, it's I an think adjustment. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well there you go.
0: I think for most I think most singers Unless you're the type of person who's been performing on wedges for like decades, I think most singers find um, in-ears to be just life-changing in terms of like saving your singing voice because you're not going to over-sing when you can hear yourself clearly and protecting your hearing uh, from, you know, the band that's around you. uh, I I think it's, yeah, I I think for singers, I I know guitar players, bass players um, have a tough time with them sometimes. Um, but we i have potential solutions for that as well Ooh. um i just want to throw out there in terms of earplugs getting custom fit earplugs i think is a really wise i would even say it's a sound investment really do, do tell um, I, I, I yeah I've
1: never uh <laughs> i've never i've i've only had the musicians ones and i was too young to really be objective um well, I mean, the
0: musicians' ones are custom fit as well. That's I just what found I mean, the whole yeah. like filtering, attenuation thing to be kind of silly. But, um, but that was my experience. But the, yeah, just full-on earplugs that are custom fit. I think it's important. I, I've, I, you know, I've got probably weird shaped ears or something. Like I find the the foam ones that expand in your ear, like, you know, or you know, just the ones you would get for like twenty five cents at from, a from like shoppers drug concert or something. Yeah, or like shoppers. I, I just find those to be uncomfortable. Um, so I think, you know, the comfort of having customs is nice as well as, you know, they're probably providing a little bit of a better seal on your ear as well to, to protect it. I got, I got mine at Costco for 50 bucks. Most Costco's have a hearing center where they make hearing aids. Um, but they have all the technology to do a ear mold and make you just some silicone earplugs. And that's what I did. I got them in bright pink so that I would not lose them if I dropped them (laughs) somewhere and uh i've I, I use them for sleeping actually a lot when i'm like away from home and there's weird noises or from i like see a yeah, yeah weird hotel room or something i'll use them for sleeping but i'll also throw them on um you know when i'm in the audience at a concert or at a rehearsal or the other option is if you already have good custom in your monitors just stick those in your ears True unplugged i know a lot of people that do that i do that myself at rehearsals if it's loud I'll just put my in-ears in even if I'm on a wedge uh for monitors just to just to protect my hearing. So, um yeah, but let's get into in-ears. So, I mean, I think like most people would agree that in-ear monitors are going to th- they're going to do two things for you. Number one, they're going to protect your hearing because you can control how much sound is is going in and if they're custom fit, they're going to be blocking a significant amount of noise coming at you. And then number two, you can actually, like, hear yourself clearly and the band yeah. clearly, and especially if you're a vocalist. Um, you know, uh, most singers would would know, like, being able to hear yourself well uh, is, is super, super important for your vocal health and for, you know, just performing well, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, we did a little bit of research on just sort of what is out there. I guess let, let's go through the sort of main points to consider with in-ears. Um so maybe we can start with like custom fit versus universal. I mean, I guess we kind of already hit this, but yeah. um the custom fit ones are going to give you really really good protection because they're going to create a complete seal on your ear. They're they're probably going to be more comfortable and uh you know, you'll you'll probably hear better through them you've got customs and you were using the the universals for a while as well right yeah. so what what has been your experience there
1: i mean the seal the the seal's is obviously better like i could fucking just go nuts on stage uh and these guys aren't going to fall mm-hmm. out in terms of isolation i want to say it's better it probably is um uh i feel like that's maybe a selling point you know they say oh customs is the isolation is way better but it, like it's I think it is better, you know? Um I mm-hmm. the other ones were perfectly fine in terms of isolation. It was more the sound quality that pissed me off of the other ones. Uh we'll talk about that later. What were the other ones? The other ones were etamotic something or others. I have them here. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh they're really cool. They're really accurate. Um in the sense of like scientifically accurate. So, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with that, though, is our ears aren't—I don't think our ears are used to hearing that accurate of information that close up. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you make a good headphone or uh, a good speaker uh, or in-ear monitor, the thing to consider is, like, what we, like, want to hear, you know, and what's, like, important to hear— Um, but it's hard, right? Because like you would think for mixing too, for like speakers, it's like, oh, you just make them as accurate as possible. Now I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I think that there's like things to consider like the NS 10s, you know, like, would you say they're accurate as possible or they're just kind of, they're a proper representation of the sounds that people are going to, here i just found that when i played through my etymotic yeah. in ears the high frequencies were just like what the fuck like there was just so much of them every time i hit my guitar yeah. it was like a slap in the face um yeah so very passionate about that
0: yeah that's that's very fair i think like making something sound accurate versus making something sound musical are two sort of competing uh yeah. goals and i think If we're talking about in-ears in the sense of a live setting, which I think is where they're mostly used and where I would recommend, I wouldn't really recommend anybody mix on in-ear monitors, although you you could. Um, You know, that's where you're going to be using them the most. I don't really find that accuracy is that important uh, in a live setting. I, I just need to hear the elements I need to hear in a way that i want to hear them so that which, which what exactly what you're saying i don't really care about accuracy i just want it to sound good i mean one thing <laughs> which is cons- which is
1: different than accurate right to consider though too obviously you want it to be like in the ballpark though because you know you are kind of sometimes maybe like dialing in your sounds based on what you're getting through them and stuff like that like that was one of the That's things true yeah but it's hard right like because the speakers that are that are projecting your sound like the main speakers those aren't accurate like th- those aren't yeah. at least prioritized as accurate only so like it's just it, it is a difficult thing i just think that uh there's definitely more to making a headphone or an in-ear or a speaker good than just being like oh it'll just represent the sound that it's fed 100 percent, you know so 100%, yeah. yeah, which is, a,
0: which is kind of impossible y- anyways, because yeah, yeah. there's so many other factors going on, but, but I agree with you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think making something sound musical is probably more important, yeah. uh, especially in a, in a live setting. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. Um, we can talk about number of drivers, which you'll okay, see if yeah. you're looking up in ears, they'll be like, Oh, this one's got this many drivers. This one's got 15 drivers. A uh, driver is a speaker, as far as I understand. Yeah, Um, I think. I think there's another word, armature, which uh, I think also means the same thing. But uh, the the idea with those is the more of them you have, uh, and this gets back to your accuracy point, the more of them you have, the more accurately, quote unquote, you can, you know, um, uh, represent the the sound, right? The more speakers you have, if one's covering only lows and one's covering only mids and one's covering only top, then... Then you have more control and and more accuracy and more high, you know, resolution, if you will, on on you know reproducing the the the, the sound that's fed into them. However, there's a bunch of uh, other things that come into play, like the crossover uh, technology, which is basically what decides which frequencies go to which drivers. Yeah, uh, as well as there's there can be some phase problems as well with uh, oh. with having multiple drivers. Uh, so I hear. I mean, it's a very small, you know. They're very small, so the distance between them is, is, is quite quite minuscule, but I have heard that there's there could be some phase issues. I, personally, have had dual-driver in monitors for, like, 15 years, and they still work great. Yeah. And I would not recommend anybody invest in anything more than two drivers, uh, especially now that technology's gotten better and better. I'm sure they sound even better. Like, I put a pair of Shure 215s in on a gig because mine... Um, uh, actually broke. Uh, and, uh, they, yeah, but not cause they're dual driver because they're old and, you know, I was getting a little bit more low end. It sounded a little bit bigger and I was like, okay, like this is kind of where the technology's at now. But again, think about live. Like we're not mixing, yeah, you know, a hit record on these things. Like I just need to hear my vocal and the, the kick drum, the snare drum and my guitar and like a little bit of bass and a little bit of everything else that's going on, and I'm good. So I, I think I would avoid chasing the like the highest end yes. possible, you know, 15 drivers, two thousand dollar thing. I would avoid that. Um, I just don't feel
1: that it's necessary. It, depending on your situation, right? Like if you're fucking Shawn Mendes or Ariana Grande, Grande, Grande. Sure. Um, like I Grande. feel like every fucking show you could try out a different set and then be like oh this one's great yeah. like these these are the ones i like but yeah for people like us who have a finite resources i the hearing specialist i went to has a lot of experience with these he said multiple more drivers isn't more better um uh my grammar's great yeah. uh i think minor <laughs> three um i like really i just bought them just because that's what they you know, like it was a particular company and we'll, we'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, more drivers yeah. isn't necessarily more better. Um, cause yeah, there's only so much sound that can get into your ears at that point, you know, like, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, three is fairly standard as well. I would yeah. say, you know, you add the third one in if you're, maybe if you're a guitarist, probably if you're a bassist, yeah. Yeah, Um, because you you want to represent that low end a little bit better. Um, But the thing about low end uh, is that it's more felt than heard. Yes. And this is why a lot of people have have literally have, um, you know, a bass player will play with like a sub behind them, you know, so that they can feel the low end coming through or they'll play with like a thing that just kind of, blows air at them have you heard of this like drummers will if they're on uh if they're on um in-ears they'll play with like a a a thing behind their 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 drum stool that sort of blows air at them when they hit the kick or like makes their seat vibrate when they hit the kick so they can feel the low end i think bassists have a strap yeah there's a strap and there's a a vest there's like a harness the sub pack you remember (laughs) that thing you remember that thing you wear it you wear it and it hooks up to your rig and it vibrates based on what you're doing. So it doesn't actually make any sound; it just vibrates. But then you can feel uh, the low end and it gives you a perceived sense of low end. So there's options there as well. But yeah, so that that's something to look into if you if you have in ears and you're having trouble sort of adjusting to the fact that you're not feeling the air move, yeah. quote unquote, as it, you know as it were when you have an amp behind you. Um, but even still, I mean, I know a lot of bass players. That are rocking in ears, and then you know they will still stand in front of the Ampeg fridge and have it on because they just want to feel it. They yeah. want not have it crushingly loud. They just it's just there to to give them a little rumble. There's also I think a a floor mat that you can stand on that Jesus. vibrates. Jesus, uh, and it, yeah, I think it's cool, man. I think it's I think it's a great it, solution. It is cool, but it's funny, but it, it that yeah. is the truth though is that you yeah. feel those low frequencies way more than you really actually hear them. So solving that problem is is probably more useful than like being like, well, I'm not gonna switch to in ears, I'm gonna crank up my Ampeg fridge to ten yeah, true, and true. blow out blow out everybody's ears, yeah. you know? If there's a solution to the problem, I think it's cool. But um, so let's talk a little bit about I guess getting a good mix. You wrote that down. I think that's like a really good oh, I'm so topic bad to get into. So yeah. Getting a good in-ear mix when you're using these. Like do you do you have any tips or experience or like uh to do that.
1: I mean I On the guitarist end of things. I would imagine that having a hand like someone like you who understands mixing, that would help. I mean, I don't think it's a requirement, but you know, just like principles of like if you're doing stuff in stereo, like where stuff goes in the stereo field and yada yada yada. But um no, I do not. I'm fucking shit at this. Yeah, well help if you out. have
0: you're a really hope. good monitor engineer it makes such a huge difference um and stereo especially just like really opens things up for you because you know now you're you you can isolate elements you can put stuff to the left you can put stuff to the right and uh you know that actually gives you additional headroom um that you wouldn't normally have because not all the elements are on top of each other so not ev- everything is now uh not battling you know, for that, that top spot in your mix. So you can have your vocal and your kick drum and your bass up in the middle as you sort of traditionally would in a in a, in a a mix, you know, and then put your guitar a little bit to the left. If it's, you know, if I'm on stage left, I'll put my guitar a little bit to the left, like 20%, like not uh, all the way. And then I'll put, you know, Will's guitar, if he's on the right, I'll put him, you know, a little bit further off to the right because he's not, no offense to Will, but he's yeah. not an element that I need to have right up at the middle it's not um you know it, it, it's it's not something I need to be referencing all the time, uh, but I want to feel like he's in the stereo field and that he's uh you know uh he's there, and I can hear what he's doing, right, and then you know the lead singer if it's not me, if it's somebody else, I'll have them right up the middle as well um
1: I've heard people say that that ah oh, stereo mix is not the way to go, uh, but I think they were wrong, I think it was just a matter of them, they just didn't maybe had a bad stereo mix just cause like w- you and I were talking about this and maybe you had already said it is like, it's not a headroom thing. I don't think technically, but like just the idea that if you stack every sound on top of each other, the loudest one will be, or the perceived loudest one will be the loudest, right? That's the one you're going to hear the most. Yeah. But if you have a stereo field, if I only had two sounds, you know, and say for instance, the guitar is the loudest and I put it on the right one. And then, you know, the bass isn't the loudest. I put it on the left one, you're going to hear those, those both a lot better than if they were stacked on top of each other. Um, not that you would necessarily want to put bass yeah. on the left or anything, but... Yeah, I
0: I think stereo is great. I mean, obviously, if you, if you have a great monitor engineer, it makes a big difference. If they're yeah. panning stuff wildly too far to the left or to the right and things are getting weird, then that's going to get weird. But, you know, I think for the most part with a stereo mix, you treat it like a mono mix in the sense that, like, any of the elements that I need to be hearing constantly and, like, I'm always listening to for groove or for timing or for pitch. So kick drum, snare drum, bass guitar, lead vocal, like, those are all going to be right up the middle. Maybe my acoustic guitar or electric guitar, I might shift it over to the left a little tiny bit just because for me, like, I'm left-handed, so I like to sort of prioritize the left side, but I wouldn't put it... I wouldn't put it 100% to the left. That would be disorienting, yeah. right? I would just just turn it a little bit away so that it's it's got a little bit of separation from those other elements, maybe, you know, and then other, you know, lead guitar, I don't need to have that right up the middle cuz I'm not referencing that constantly as I'm playing for for timing and stuff. Yeah. It's part of the the vibe of the band. So I would slide that over to the right, you know, maybe 50% or whatever. So um, you know, that's the way I would kind of build a stereo mix. I think for for I think one thing that people most people don't seem to do enough of, especially people who are new to in-ear monitors, is put bass in your mix. Oh, okay, always get yeah. bass in your mix. And if there's a bass amp that's on on stage, you don't need the low end of the bass because you're going to get that anyways from the amp. Even though you got things in your ears, it's still gonna you're still gonna feel that, right? Yeah. So what you want is the the top. So what I've done is I've asked. Some you know sound engineers in the past are like yeah can I get some bass but can I can it just be more the top end of the bass I just yeah. want to hear you know the 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 articulation of the bass um, and I find that that's really helpful as a, a vocalist to have a good reference of what the your pitch is you need that's really bass smart. to really ground yourself that that way and I think everybody benefits from that
1: to cut out like because once again like going back to the idea of headroom just you you only have a certain amount of you know, space that you can jam into these in-ears if you cut out some of those frequencies that are going to take up a lot of space that could be delegated to things like your guitar um, or like your voice, you know, that would be great if you cut out a little bit of the basses, low end from your in-ears, if that's possible. I've never thought to ask for that, and I'm going to copy that. I wonder in terms of order of, 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 like, what would be, you know do they do them in a particular order when they're doing in-ears like bass is first and kick drum is first. And then, or it seems like they just go kind of instrument to instrument. I don't know if that's the usually
0: best. it's usually in sound check They start with the kick drum, which I, I would, I, when I do live sound, not that I'm an expert at live sound, but I tend to start with the lead vocal because I yeah. want the, especially if the, the lead singers on the stage, I want them to be happy. Um, uh, before the rest of the band is, just because, like, um, they're the most important element on the stage, right? So, like,
1: you would I need to that. make
0: sure that they can hear themselves. And I also feel that the rest of the band uh, is is sort of basing everything around that lead vocal. The, everybody's going to have it in their ears. They're all going to sort of be basing the rest of their mix. Like, kick drum is good, too, because I always kind of know how loud I want that to be. Yeah, But... You know, I I, I would I, I would start with one or the other. I would be tempted. I w- I would be inclined to start with the lead vocal just because that's going to probably be the loudest thing in most most people's mixes, or at least like close to the loudest thing. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's that's what that's what I would start with. But yeah, a lot of a lot of guys start with the kick, which is fine. I think you should always have kick and snare, uh, in your ears generally probably don't need overheads unless it's like a bigger stage and you're finding that it sounds if you're finding that it sounds too isolated and too tight then get some drum overheads that'll help um i would always get bass obviously you're gonna get your own guitar and your own vocal if you're singing um so for me it'd be like you know my vocal is 10 out of 10 loud the lead vocal is like 9 or 8 out of 10 loud uh so i can make sure i'm blending with them My guitar is like 8 out of 10. Uh, Kick is probably like 8 out of 10. Snare is probably like 6 out of 10. Bass is maybe 5 or 6 out of 10. And then the rest of the band is, you know, 4 out of 10 or something. You know what I mean? And then if it's stereo, I'm going to spread them around a little bit. That's sort of what I would would go with. And obviously you got to kind of go by feel. But I think uh, that's sort of the rough template, at least, of what what I would do to to get started. Fair enough. Um, so, you know. So, let's just jump um to just a couple of of different options here. So, uh, if you're on a budget, there's a few things to consider. Uh number one, the universal fit in-ears are totally fine. Yeah. The Shure SE215s, they're about 200 bucks for the earbuds. They they've got foam on them, so they do plug your ears reasonably well. They sound great. They're reliable. They, they're they durable.
1: I know people who prefer these to the custom ones. Definitely.
0: So if you're on a budget or if you're not sure if you want to take the plunge on, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> picking up some of these, pun intended, uh, picking up some of these in just try the 215s. They're going to work great for you. And then if you decide you want to buy a more expensive pair or custom pair, then you'll always have these as backups. Backups are a good your, thing, baby. your main pair... Yeah, your main pair will break, your cable will break eventually, and you'll have to get it repaired and you'll need another set. So there you go, you'll be set. Um, in terms of customs, I use ones from West Tone Audio, which is an American company. I've had them for 15 years, like I said. They work great. I've had them repaired a couple times. The company was nice about it. Uh, $300 US, I think, is the lowest you could spend on a custom from them. Yeah. Um, and I think that would probably do you just fine. Like I said, dual drivers... Uh, they go all the, all the way, all the way up to two grand U.S. for their their most expensive model. I don't think it's necessary. I think the dual drivers is fine. Yeah. Um. And based on my experience with them, albeit mine are quite old, I I, I think uh, they're a good company, and I would I would recommend them. Uh, there's another company that's um, Canadian, which I know a lot of people are, are using, and uh, seems like everybody. Uh, they're, they're called Plunge Audio. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, and I know they've got amazing customer service, oh. and they, they do deals for, um, you know, I shouldn't say they do deals, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I know that some people have endorsements or, or sort of different things worked out with them. Yeah. And that they they do like to support uh, Canadian talent, so I, I would highly recommend uh, Plunge Audio. They're a bit pricier. Yes. there's uh, Their model's starting at $1,600 Canadian, um, but... I think if you're a serious player, if you're if you're really if you're touring a lot, um if you're you know, if maybe you can um uh, if you can afford it, you know, I know they're a great company, I've heard their customer service is is through the roof and uh would also recommend plunge audio.
1: One of the bummers is that you can't compare. Like so say for instance, if your buddy has plunge in ears you can't listen to them yourself cuz they're custom. You know, they're not going to fit in your fucking ears. Yeah. Um so like <laughs> like that's the the thing that sucks about it. It really is a leap of faith. I have the analog unity in-ears um and they I think they're the three driver ones. A lot of bassists get them. And like they sound good to me. They sound like miles better than my Etymotics. My Etymotics were $500 for mm-hmm. a universal pair. Um and uh yeah, no. I I like the analog unity a lot better but one of the things that's nice about buying something a little bit more local and this might just be the experience with just plunge i had a buddy who bought like literally you know not the nicest in ears that you could buy but pretty much you know like i think Mm. it was beyond two thousand dollars maybe even three um and what those in ears coincidentally had broken within like a month or two of owning them and so you know you send them down to the company takes them a few weeks to because it was a big company it takes them a few weeks to you know get it fixed and sent back to you and they charge you um, even though it was you know within a few months of purchasing the the in-ears um, and so this mm. actually happened multiple times with those particular in-ears and uh, so they ended up actually buying a pair of of plunge and now like I'm not sure what the arrangement was for, um, you know, in terms of details of like when things break, when he's liable or when the, the person from Plunge is, is liable. But I have heard that he's a much yeah. more understanding dude. Uh, if, you know, if it breaks, you know, close to when you purchase them, he's more understanding about it. He's definitely way quicker. like, because he's local, you can ship them out to him really quick and he'll get them back to you really quick because he is a smaller company as well too. So it's like customer relations as opposed to just like, yeah, our fee is this, our turnaround is this. You know what I mean? Um, So that's something to consider. Uh, I know a lot of people like Plunge. Yeah, and
0: I've heard that they really do go above and beyond at Plunge in terms of, yeah, doing repairs, keeping it fair, uh, taking care of their customers. So... Uh, highly recommend, highly recommend. Uh, there's also Ultimate Ears, which is a very popular company in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Personally, I wouldn't bother with them. They're a bit more expensive than Westone. Um, I really don't know anybody who's had a good experience with them. So uh, I know that they're one of the first ones that come up when you s- sort of search in-ears. Uh, a lot of the big American artists are using them. I, I wouldn't bother because, again, you don't need... The top of the line, top of the line in ears to have a good result live, as, as we've sort of said. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing to, to get into real quickly here is if you're gonna, if you're on a budget and you do this, Mike, is you just, you have like a little mixer that you bought for like 50 bucks off Kijiji and you just plug your ears right into there. You're hardwired in, which yeah. is very, very cheap. And honestly, it's very effective because with the wireless
1: systems, you can get dropouts. Right, so, yeah. well, well, like also too, the issue with if you're going to run in ears, it's one thing to get the buds. You can't really be like at a high level and not have buds, but you can absolutely be at a high level musician playing with big acts and not have a pack, a pack that sort of sends the sound from you know the mixer mm-hmm. to to your ears, um, because any big gig is going to have those packs. Uh, or at least most That's of them, right. right? Like, or worst comes worse. You have to buy a pack, but I don't own a wireless in-ear pack. I'm not going to buy one until I'm told specifically I have to buy one to get a gig because yeah, like you said, dropouts, they cost a bunch of money to get a decent one. Uh, and I have my little mixer. I bought it for 50 bucks. I bought a cable for 30 bucks that, um, is both a headphone cable and a guitar cable. So I plug into my guitar that cable has another thing that goes into my ears, so I'm wired into my guitar amp I'm also wired into my ears that way i don't have and I don't have to spend you know three hundred dollars for the very basic wireless uh setup also another thing as well is you have to set that up if you're doing a throw and go gig where it's like you know, oh, I brought my own ears, but they're not doing ears for us, you know like you have to sit down and set up your wireless in ear thing. Whereas for me, I I can just mm-hmm. have it on my board um and it's ready to go. So I'm definitely And so you you have individual
0: control over your guitar volume mm-hmm. as well that's going into your ears?
1: No. Unfortunately, uh oh, okay. that is is the only drawback. Like but you can't really control that on a wireless one unless they have an X thirty two, right? No. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, you you I, I was just thinking if you had your own little mixer, you could actually maybe split off your your main guitar signal and your main that'd be fucking uh, dope. Whatever else you're playing and, and actually have a little bit of individual control that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Along with getting whatever the the return the, your monitor return is from the uh, from the soundboard. But uh, yeah, I mean if you are gonna pick up a wireless, Sennheiser makes probably the best one. That seems to be the one that everybody's using. Yeah, they, they're, they used to be the G3. It's now the G4. It's twelve hundred fifty dollars Canadian. It's a lot of money. Uh, sure makes the PSM 300, which is about the same price, but you can get the 215 buds that we were talking about earlier, yeah. the the universal fit ones, along with it for a thousand bucks Canadian. So that's actually pretty good value if you if you need to have a wireless. I have a Sennheiser G3; it's worked great for me. Uh, the odd dropout, but yeah. really solid. Just look out. We discovered this. Uh, Mike pointed this out to me before we started recording. The 600 megahertz analog frequency band that uh some of these units will use is now illegal yeah so in don't North buy America. used one that has so that. when if you're buying used ones look out for what frequency band the 500 megahertz band is still okay but if you see anything that says it's operating in the 600 band avoid that because so that is it's now that like illegal. 625 or
1: 650 or 600 you can't there's a fine, yeah, um, and it's it's hefty. Yeah, one thing they mentioning 000. about the, the the Sennheiser. So I just bought a wireless, which is essentially pretty much the same thing wireless guitar. It's like this. Yeah, I I don't know if if I can use my wireless guitar as wireless wireless in ears. I'm gonna flip it after this contract. I don't really need it. I just bought it for the contract. Um, you can get mm. a deal. So the G4 series is their most recent, right? You could buy a used G3 and save mm. money that way. But also to if it's like the wireless guitar, the wireless guitar comes in, uh, the EW 500 or the EW 300 or the EW 100. Uh, and one of the things that the EW 500 has is it's more, it essentially you scan the area for like frequencies that are like free. So say for instance, if I show up to a gig, there's 10,000 people there. There's going to be a bunch of frequencies that aren't free because people are using them or blah, 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 blah. So I hit my scan button and it gives me a list of frequencies that yes. are free at that moment. Right. And so it automatically switches between those, um, like yes. just to keep me from dropping out. But the, the 100 has a smaller list of frequencies. The 300 is a little bit bigger list. The 500 is a little bit bigger. So if you get like the difference between an EW 100, mine's an EW 100, it was like five or 600 bucks. Uh, cause I bought it used. If I were to buy the 300, it'd be like 800 bucks. If I were to buy the 500, it would be like, you know, $1,000 because it was used. So that's another thing to consider as well. And I have had zero dropouts with my EW100. And I, like, as far as I've heard, it's like pretty much bulletproof. Um, There's this idea between Mm -hmm. analog and and digital, and it's an analog one from what I understood. Uh, Some people say digital is better. It
0: doesn't seem to be digital for, uh, in-ears for some reason, yeah. but I have a digital guitar wireless that works S- great. Some people say um, that so. in
1: theory digital is better, but I, I've heard people that argue against that. Digital is newer. That's for sure. So we'll
0: have to, sw- well, I mean, we'll have to switch to digital eventually because all the uh, analog frequency bands are getting auctioned away. Um, unfortunately, eventually we'll just have to switch to, to digital because mm-hmm. the thing about digital is that like, uh, in the gigahertz realms, you can encode your signal, so that it doesn't interfere with uh in theory doesn't interfere with others interfere with other signals that are happening in that range whereas in the analog band the megahertz band if you're broadcasting at 525 and somebody else is trying to broadcast 25 525 you're gonna have problems you know yeah yeah um but the digital realm in in theory is uh there's much less limitation on what what you can do because it's all in in you can send encoded signals um Alright, I gotta bounce. I gotta hit up a session. Is there anything
1: you wanted to hit up before we close I, this one out? I feel like what are the closing statements? What are the big what are the big things that we've said? You know, like if you're if you're in the if you're getting the in ears and you're new, I feel like Universal Fit's a great way to start. I know people who love those yes. those cheap Senn- Sennheisers. Sorry, the cheap sure two fifteens. Uh problem Shures, is two yeah. fifteen, yeah. If you're a singer, you're probably gonna need a wireless thing. So that's a whole deal. So you'll have to get a wireless system. We we talked about a few of those. If you're a guitarist, I think uh, it's really dumb when someone uses wireless uh, in-ears and wireless guitar at like a small bar stage. So you can always get the wired thing and it's super cheap. Um, yep. And then if you, you know, if you do want to get the custom fit, things are there. You know, we talked about the things to consider, number of drivers, isolation, like Sound Isolation, uh, Custom Fit versus Universal. You know, do you want to go with a big company that doesn't give a shit about you, or do you want to go with a local company that hopefully will take care of you? Uh, And that's pretty much it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, in terms of your hearing, keep your
0: levels low when you're mixing, uh, protect your ears at a rehearsal, get some custom earplugs from Costco, they're cheap, um, and just, you know, take care of yourself. Fire your drummer if he's too loud. Or, or she also drummers always go hardwired you know drummers yeah. rarely go wireless in ears because they're sitting down so they could just plug into a mixer most drummers will will go hardwired it's a great option um all right that's gonna do it for this one thanks everyone for listening mike it's good to talk to you again man sorry we didn't have more time today oh
1: that's okay um we've been consistent i mean the, as far as the last week and the week before we, we've posted episodes i think right it's true. Yeah, so, we've
0: been doing. We've been doing. We may doing miss a,
1: a week here, or there in the future, but like we're until I return home.
0: Indeed. Best of luck at sea. I hope you guys get out of quarantine. And you can start playing some gigs. Uh, until next time, folks. Musicguypodcast.com, at MusicGuyPodcast at Music on social media. I'm at Alro Music on social media. Michael is at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. michaelhebs.net dot net the official website. Fuck yeah! Uh, and uh, we. We love you. Please share the show if you enjoy it and check out that Patreon if you enjoy it even more. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.